Welcome to Freedom From Within, a show where we discuss how to build a strong foundation for life that is important to you, your family, and your community, where we teach foundational life principles to those serving time in our prisons. Because of the successes of our program inside, we are now bringing the same program outside on this show, the show that we call Freedom From Within. Hello, my name is Cliff. And I'm Sue. We're the directors of Freedom From Within. And in the previous episode, we introduced the practice of individual dignity. Yeah, that was a really good episode, I thought. It was. I wonder if anybody else thought so, though. I hope so. (laughs) We were asking them to leave messages, and we're still waiting for a voicemail message to see what they think about the the episode. Yeah, so don't forget to stick around and uh, find out how to do that if you keep cutting us off early. Right. Yeah. So we talked about our brains uh, make up um, our own stories and that the impact of how it makes us feel uh, about ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. We also talked about some science that has proven that uh, we have, our brains are hardwired to have a a negative bias. Yes. And that impacts the way that uh, we just see the world and, and how important it is that we need to transform the way that we think. Yes, we do. And you know, that Um, brings up a scripture in the Bible that I really like. You know, it talks about um, negative bias. And it says in Romans 12, 2, in the New Living Translation, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Easier said than done, right? Right. Yeah, it is. So we're going to continue the practice of individual dignity, uh, but today we have a special guest on uh, this episode. Uh, his name is Jim Corsi. He's a personal friend of mine, personal friend of yours too, right? Sue? Yes, he is. Okay. And uh, he is also a ministry partner with uh, Freedom From Within. He served time with us in prison many times, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, celebrate recovery in the Sheridan Correctional Center. Yes, he did. It's also done a ministry uh, cell to cell in the maximum security prison at Stateville. Mm-hmm. Jim is also an author and he's in, uh, just finishing up his second book and it's called Always Move Forward, a journey of experiencing God in an authentic and practical way every day. And so the book is coming out uh, sometime this summer. And so I'd like to welcome Mr. Jim. Jim, how you doing? I'm well. Good to talk to you, Cliff and Sue. It's great that uh, you're able to take time out of your busy schedule. I know that uh, when you're not serving time in prison, you got other things to do, uh, yeah. including writing books. So Yeah, that's a big thing. That pro- probably takes a lot of time and thought. It does take a lot of time, but it's always well worth it, I believe. Awesome. Well, it's good. So you've done all the work. Now it's just kind of getting the small details involved to uh, get it out there, right? Yep. It's now I just sent it to somebody that's going to, Go ahead and put it together and format it for publication. So I'm looking forward to the final product. That's great. Cool. So Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're writing books. And I understand that, you know, your first book was your best seller ever. (laughs) What caused you to, you know, uh, write the second book and, you know, give us a little overview of those. I think like all of us, you know, as we walk this Christian walk out every day, we, we begin to learn different things. You know, we tend we tend to read, visit things that we used to believe and hopefully we become more aware and more mature in our walk 
And one of the things that I wanted to pass on and always move forward is that even through the difficulties of life, we still have to move forward in our faith. Uh, as Christians, and particularly in this day and age that we live in now, with such chaos and uncertainty, it's even more important that we just have a firm foundation of believing, look, we believe what we believe because we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And he never, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we have to be just as solid in our, our faith and moving forward in that faith today, every day, no matter how difficult life is. And so um, the book kind of unfolds. It's, there's personal testimonies in there. There's examples from biblical characters that had a lot of um, difficulties, and yet they maintained their faith. We cannot fall back. And that's kind of how the, the push is. It's moving forward in our faith through love. And uh, with our experiences with God every day, we learn. He grows us. He, he's a loving God who wants us to grow. And I really believe that we grow more by doing than we do by just attending church or reading or listening to the uh, the best sermons online. We really, faith is meant to be active. And that's how we really learn to grow um, and develop a maturity as Christians. That's good. So yeah. why write the book, Jim, for you personally, though? I mean, there's, um, I don't know. You're not a pastor, are you? No, or, I'm not a pastor. Are you a theologian? <laughs> no, I don't fancy myself as a theologian. And certainly I'm not a pastor. Are you, do you just love to write or was there something specific, you know, in your, in your life that made this important to you? Well, I do enjoy writing, but what I find the practical aspect for me for writing is that, again, it's, it's living my faith out. It's, it's learning. I love to do the research. Um, you mentioned being a theologian. Well, I'm certainly no theologian. So it causes me to dig deep into the commentaries and, to research some of the points that I do bring up because there is a biblical foundation that I bring forward in some of the, in some of the work. Um, but before I put that on print or in the print, I spend a considerable amount of time researching what I'm trying to bring forward. And I enjoy digging in and researching that and, and I grow and I learn more by writing. I think um, it's been said that we learn more by teaching and by example than we do by listening. And I find that that is so true. Um, so that's an aspect of why I enjoy writing. Um, but I also felt that there's a story to be told, uh, give you a little personal background of me. Uh, I became a Christian in 1983 when I was the young age of 20 years old. And like a lot of Christians, I was very enthusiastic in my faith. I was um, sharing my faith. And like a lot of Christians, I was very zealous for my beliefs. But as time went on, I began to kind of lose that zeal. Uh, the pressures of life began to cave in. I've got married young, had children, had a full-time job. And I could see that that passion had kind of subsided. I had grown spiritually stale, so to speak. And then, unfortunately, I went into a very long period of time, actually 30 years, where I was what I call a churchgoer rather than a, a Christian living his faith out. I read my Bible occasionally, I went to church every Sunday, but I was sitting there like a wooden Indian, and my faith wasn't growing, I wasn't developing in my faith, and eventually you go through those motions, then your faith is no longer active, it's not real, it's no longer a living hope in your life, it's, uh, it's just a mundane routine of, yeah, I believe this, but I'm not really living it, 
And then for me, unfortunately, I began to make compromises in my morality and I began to backslide considerably. And the short version is, is that unless God had intervened in my life, I would probably still be stuck in the cycle of sin and repentance and sin and repentance. And yet going to church on Sunday, wanting desperately for this faith that I call, you know, a Christian faith, I want it to be real. I want it to have life transformation in my life, but it's not getting any traction. And I, and I have a concern for the church today and uh, that prior to COVID-19 and when we were going to church every Sunday, I wondered how many people, and I go to a large church, I wonder how many people were sitting there are in the same predicament that I was before. They want this to be real. They, they believe what the pastor is preaching, but yet are they living it out each and every day of their life? Is this a living hope that they can pass on to the store clerk or to the person um, they might bump into their neighbor? Or are they involved in some sort of ministry outside the walls of the church that says, hey, yes, I really believe that Jesus can change your life. He can give you a future and give you a hope and you can live this every day. And so writing the book says, look, I'm an ordinary person. I have a full-time job. Um, I've never been to Bible college. Um, but I'm somebody that God reached down and he touched and changed my life. And I believe if he can change my life, because I'm not anybody special, I wasn't, you know, I didn't stand in front of the burning bush when I was five years old. I don't have one of those testimonies like some of these uh, famous people do. I just simply know that God impacted me. He changed my life. He took me from basically what I would call a dead faith into a living faith. And I know that my life has been transformed and I want put that in print that somebody else could read that and say, well, hey, if God can do that for this guy, then he can do it for me. And I believe that a good testimony creates an atmosphere of faith that says, look, I can do this too. And I and just begin to dig in and say, I'm willing to pursue your kingdom and your righteousness, and I'll give you my life, Lord. So um, that may be a little bit more, but that's basically why I, I felt compelled to write the first book. And then the second book is kind of a follow-up to the first. So what's the biggest difference between your first book and second book? Uh, the first book was a lot of, it's more of an autobiography. It goes into a lot of detail of who I was before my life transformation with, with the Lord. Uh, this book really doesn't have those kind of details. This is more practical uh, for the for a Christian to Look, we're journey on this side of heaven, but we can still experience God through this journey on this side of heaven each and every day. And it doesn't always have to be the, when we say experience God, I think people have a, a notion that that means your hands are up in the air and you're feeling goosebumps all over you, or there's this dramatic presence of God just overwhelms you and you fall backwards or something. That's not really what I'm getting at. We can experience God by the simple things of just showing an act of kindness to somebody, um, praying with somebody, a complete stranger that we meet at the store or whoever God puts in front of you that day who needs to hear words of grace and words of love and words of encouragement. You know, we can experience God as we pass on the treasure that's in us. We pass that on to somebody else. I believe that's how we learn to experience God in a practical way every day. So still moving forward is more geared towards personal encounters that I've had um, that just demonstrate, look, I'm not 
doing anything special. I don't have anything scheduled. I'm just going about the ordinary business of my day. And God seems to put somebody in my path all the time that needs God's love. And so that's what the, the real impact I hope of the book gives. It provides just examples of this is how we can share our faith every day in a practical way. And I, that's good, Jim. I was just going to say, I like how you said, you know, you're walking out and then you just jump in. Um, it made me think about, you know, like, like you said, you were at the store and pray for people and stuff. And I know for me, I I'll ask God, you know, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to pray for? You know, put someone in my path. So that's kind of like the same thing you're talking about in the store, right? You could just do, yeah. do you pray that and ask God to show you who to talk to and all like, yeah. So what I do for a living is I'm an insurance investigator for a large insurance company. So my job takes me on the road. I mean, COVID has kind of taken me, you know, like everybody else, I've had to do most of my work remotely, but right. just getting back in the field. But anyway, so I travel from appointment to appointment all through Chicago and the Midwest. And a long time ago, the Lord I really felt he spoke to me and gave me an impression like, look, look past the insurance and see the opportunity. Mm. And ever and ever since then, I have before I, when I drive out of the driveway and I start heading to my appointment, <clears throat> I basically pray, Lord, help me to see past the insurance and see the opportunity. Because the work that I do, it's insurance work. It's not overly exciting <laughs> or glamorous. OK, <laughs> um, but. Lord, God has been so faithful. He's used me in so many different examples or different ways. Mm -hmm. And one of my best examples is I was on my way to an appointment in a Chicago suburb, and I decided to stop at a local McDonald's before I got into the city. And I just wanted to get some breakfast and use the washroom. So I go there and I walk up to the place, my order with the clerk. There was a pleasantness about her. There was a, there was something about her that just radiated the presence of God. And I don't know if you've ever had that encounter where you, you just look at somebody, you just know, you know inside that they know the Lord mm -hmm. and you can tell that their life revolves around um, his presence or being um, in his presence. And so by nature, I'm an introvert. So this is, and that's another thing I bring out in the book, like, look, I'm not an outgoing personality. <laughs> Um, I am the type of person I would rather sit home and read a book than I, than I would to talk to somebody. But God has taken me through that. And so even though at this particular moment I'm placing my order at McDonald's, I, I recognize there's something about this lady. And I walk away after placing my order, and I felt the impression that God was saying to me to compliment her on the fact that she carries my presence well. And so I thought, okay, I guess so. We'll see if the opportunity presents itself. So as I walked past the counter to get my, my um, order, the side door behind the counter was open, and she was standing there as I walked by. And I simply said, excuse me, can I tell you something? And before she even had a chance to say no or whatever, because she was, looked like she was kind of busy doing her work, I said, you know what? I believe the Lord wants me to tell you that, the presence of God is all over you and you carry it well. And as soon as I said that, she just broke down and began to cry. Aww. And she said, oh my gosh, 
she goes, I am a, I am a Christian and I show up here every day with these kids. And I've been wondering if I'm making a difference in anybody's life. And I said, and I just told her, I said, you are making a difference. I said, I can see the presence of God all over you. I can see the love of Jesus in your heart. And we stood there behind the counter at McDonald's and we just prayed um, as the other employees were running around filling orders. And my point of the story is, is that this was a, it may be looked as a chance encounter, but it's just one of those things that if we just slow down and look for the opportunities, I believe God will give us those opportunities. Um, for someone like myself, I'm very task oriented. So it's easy for me to get caught up in my own activities, my own business. I've got an appointment to go to, but I think if we just slow down and listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say, he will lead us in those moments like that. And who would have thought I picking up a breakfast burrito at McDonald's. And I believe that this lady needed to hear a word of encouragement because she was discouraged before, but I'm positive that God touched her heart realizing like, look, you are making a difference. People do notice you even if they don't say something. So those are the kind of encounters every day that not only impact her, but they help us to grow too. Mm -hmm. It helped us to grow to realize like, look, this faith is real. This faith that we have in the living God, a God of hope, is real. We can share the love of Christ with people in a genuine and tangible way. Because I'm sure that that lady, probably, her day was impacted um, significantly that day, as, yeah. opposed to me, as opposed to me not saying anything or praying with her. Um, and I think that if each one of us as born-again Christians would just take the time um, to love somebody like that, to share what the Lord may be revealing, or just compliment them how much better um, would our life and other people's lives be. That's, exactly. That's great, Jim. Yeah, it's really important to, you know, obey those promptings from the Lord. Right. And like I said, it's if I can do it, and again, that's kind of a, the, an underlying theme throughout the book, like, look, if I can do this, anybody can do this because... I am very focused. I'm very task oriented. I got my stuff I got to get done and I'm not an extrovert. I'm a, I'm an introvert, yeah. but if God can, can slow, if I can learn to slow down enough to listen, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Amen. So that's interesting. So we're listening to Jim Corsi, the author of always move forward. He says he's an ex, he's not an extrovert. He's an introvert, but yet he's uh, praying for people randomly. He goes to prison with us, yeah. Um, yeah. goes cell to cell. Um, and so I don't know, those of you listening, you guys can decide whether he's really an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, but once again, his name is Jim Corsi, and he is the author of an upcoming book called Always Move Forward. So as a way of encouragement, Ephesians 2.10, um, we are... And I know, Cliff, that you're very familiar with this verse. I was going to grab the my Bible just so I don't misquote it on air. Um, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Um, that's my paraphrase. I think that's pretty accurate from the New King James. But basically, I believe that each one of us as born-again Christians, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. And I think that a lot of times people don't step away from the sidelines and get involved in something is because they're waiting to know exactly what that good work is. You know, should I become a pastor? Should I become a missionary? Um, should I get involved in this ministry or that ministry? 
I really think that, you know, it's, it's not a particular profession or an occupation or a calling necessarily. It could be, but God has called each one of us to be just his hands and feet. And the good work could be anything just like, you know, I outline in a book. It could be a small act of service. It could be just loving your neighbor or it could be being a grandmother, a mother, um, all doing it for the glory of God. <clears throat> so I don't want people to think that they're missing out on what God has for their for them and their destiny. Just step out and realize who you are. You are a masterpiece. You're, you're his masterpiece or craftsmanship in the work of um, God's hands. And he can use you as long as you're willing. So that's my kind of encouragement. Um, the book will be available through our website, Psalm51Ministries.com. Um, it'll also be up and available on Amazon.com um, at the end, again, sometime at the end of the summer. So those are two opportunities or two locations you can purchase the book. Actually, on, the, on this podcast, the podcast notes will have those links on there as well. Yes. And okay. then, um, and when they do, uh, when it does come out, please let us know, and we'll we'll also make another plug for that. You know, Ephesians two ten, as you said, it's it's a um, um, we we've said, used it many times on this uh, podcast because it is dear to our heart. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference knowing that God has a plan that He planned a long time ago, mm-hmm. and that through Christ Jesus we are anew. Um, I do like the New Living Translation version where it says we are a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But we're also talking, um, we opened up the show with Romans 12, 2. Mm-hmm. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, we have this negative bias, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And unless we have God transform us, we're going to be stuck listening to um, all this negative stuff into our life. And um, Jim, you know, you made a difference in a person's life um, in the personal story that you shared. If, you, if you're not listening to God, who is the creator of life, mm-hmm. not negative and death, um, you know, you're able to share light into the world and, and impact people's lives. And hopefully they will recognize and walk it out. This whole thing is about living it. It's so interesting that we, we struggle with living in Christ all the time. Yes. Right. You know, and that's uh, one thing that I really like about what Jim was saying, because in his 20s, right, you said your 20s, you were walking with the Lord and, you know, just really excited about sharing the Lord with others, and then you fell away. Well, if any of you that are listening are, you know, in that falling away part, backsliding, you know, happens. We, it seems like most people do that, you know, and God still loves us. He still wants us to reach out to him. And then, you know, and you did that, right. You came back and you started really, you know, doing as well. We have to obey the Lord. And when we obey the Lord for me, for my life, cause I backslid, you know, I've seen that he blesses us, you know, so that's Absolutely. the whole transforming our mind. Um, is I think the NIV version of the um, Romans two twelve right, and so mm-hmm. um, you know we're in the middle of a a practice we call individual dignity, mm-hmm. and certainly by sharing with others, uh, letting them know that they're loved is is really important. Uh, we're listening to Jim Corsi as our guest. He's the author 
of a new book that's that's coming out called Always Move Forward. He also, his first book was called Move Forward. And you can um, get the book at uh, Psalms 51 Ministries. And is that .com or is that? Yes, it's .com. Yeah, 51ministries.com. You can also find that in the podcast notes. Hey, Jim, thank you so much for being on our show today. Yeah, thanks. It was great listening to your stories and your transformation that you had in your life. Cliff and Sue, I appreciate you guys having me on. And well, we appreciate your friendship, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, you and your wife are, are awesome and very inspiring people, and we, we, we really cherish that. So join us next episode when we'll continue on the practice of individual dignity and the topic of learned optimism and how it applies to our lives, others, and circumstances in the world around us. If you'd like to stay connected with us, one of the ways that you can do that is you can email us or leave us a message to email us at info at freedomfromwithin.org. That's info at freedomfromwithin.org. If you're listening to this on uh, anchor.fm or at our website, freedomfromwithin.org, you can also leave a message. It's a voice message that um, maybe you want to make a comment. Maybe you'd like to be on our show in future future episodes. That's a great way to uh, get connected with us. Simply just uh, click on the leave message button on the podcast. And uh, no matter what, we will get back to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome to hear from you. And we'll either email you back if you give us your email or leave us a message. Maybe we'll use it on the next episode. So we hope to hear from you. Until next show. I pray that you live Live it it to to give give it it. and share your success with others. God bless everyone.